Well, as Jonathan said, my name is Pastor Tanner Turley. I serve as the lead pastor of Redemption Hill Church. And we are so grateful that you have chosen to be with us on our special Christmas celebration for 2021. Uh, if you are new, we are so thankful that you are able to join us tonight. And we really value relationships at Redemption Hill. Uh, so we would love for you. You received a guide, a worship guide when you uh, came in this evening. Uh, and then there's also a connect card that you can fill out at some point uh, during the evening. And we would love for you to share this back with our connection team or drop it in the box in the lobby. You can even hand it to me uh, because we want to get to know you. And whether you are new or not so new, if there are any ways we can serve you, any ways we can pray for you this Christmas season, we want to know that uh, because we are church that uh, seeks to love God, and one of the ways that we love God is by loving others. Well, uh, let me say Merry Christmas to every single one of you. It is a joy to celebrate this season as we reflect on the hope of Jesus Christ and what his coming into the world means for every single one of us. And listen, Christmas is almost here. Is anyone excited about that yet? Is anyone just a little bit? Hey, I mean, I was, I was expecting to hear more, you know, excitement out of the kids. But I think the adults, like, I don't know if you're ready for some time off work, if you have that blessing, or you're just ready for some, you know, good food or whatever. But listen, we, we all have reasons to be excited this Christmas season. And I don't know about you, but one of the things that I love about Christmas is the opportunity to get reintroduced to some of the famous names of Christmas and some of the even, yes, notorious names of Christmas. Maybe some of these uh, you'll appreciate uh, as you think about the different names of Christmas. Uh, you have names like Clark Griswold. Any, anyone appreciate Mr. Clark Griswold who uh, took his family on, you know, uh, a wild and wonderful vacation, even brought along Cousin Eddie, you know, for the journey. And, uh, you know, you have, so you have, you have Clark Griswold. Um, you have, you know, uh, people like Ralphie. Anyone appreciate the, the Christmas story, Ralphie? All, all he wanted for Christmas was his Red Rider 200 action, you know, air rifle, who his mom said was, that if he got that, he was going to put his eye out, right? But, uh, but that's all he wanted for Christmas. He even, he even had the moment, right, where his uh, friend Flick was triple dog dare to put his tongue on a pole, and he got stuck to the pole. Anyone remember this, this movie, of course? Um, and, then, and then, you know, we have, we have uh, names like the transformed George Bailey. That's my favorite Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. I love uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and, and George Bailey running through the streets at the end. And, and then there's the, the mischievously generous Kevin McAllister who was left home alone while his parents went on a trip and his family. Uh, and we shouldn't forget about Buddy the Elf and the Grinch who stole Christmas. Just so many different names of Christmas. And, and then another tradition this time of the year, uh, as soon as Christmas ends and on the, the networks and the news and the, and the, the browsers, we're going to be uh, getting fed notifications about the, the, the names of the year. And something tells me that we may see names like Amanda Gorman, 
whose poetic prowess uh, just lit up our country at the inauguration. Or uh, we may remember names like Simone Biles who showed great courage in the face of her own mental health challenges at the summer games. We may think about names like Elon Musk, who his interplanetary uh, ambitions sent four people, four civilians into outer space for a trip outside of our atmosphere. And then there are names like Boston sports fans can appreciate names like Kike Hernandez and Mac Jones and Ime Yudoka, who's, you know, our, our, our just fan base are cheering on to bring more championship banners to Titletown, USA. Yes, Boston, Massachusetts. I knew you would love that. That's right. Listen, th- th- there, is, there is so much wrapped up in a name. Names identify us, and names represent who we are. Names help tell our story and our history. You know, one of the things that Marsha and I love the most is to tell the stories of the names of our children. And you can see my my wonderful family here, my wife Marsha. Our oldest daughter's name is Parker Sophia. Parker is a name that we loved, and Sophia means wisdom. It's the Greek word we find in the Bible for wisdom. Our our second oldest daughter's name is Kesed, Kesed Grace. Kesed means steadfast love. If we think about that Hebrew word in the Old Testament and grace in the New Testament, it, it is as if her name means grace upon grace. And we find that in God's love through, for us in Jesus Christ. Then we have Jordan Hope, whose name represents the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized and where the people crossed over into the promised land and this hope that we have of a better world that lies ahead. And then last but not least, can you believe it, after girl, 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 we had a little boy and his name is Titus Storms. Titus can mean fire and storms represents our longing for storms of revival to come to our city, to light up our city with God's love and God's presence all over the place. You see, names often carry stories and and deep meaning that are embedded in the hopes and dreams of parents or the hopes and dreams of our society. And God the Father had a moment in time when he was able to name his son, the son that he was sending into the world, the son that we celebrate at Christmas. And we find the naming story of the Son of God in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And so I want to read these words for us. You can follow along as I read them for us. It says this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When he, his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold... 
an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. What is the name of God's son? Kids, I want you to hear this. I want you to know the question the answer to the question, what is the name of God's son? We heard it twice in our story. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. As the story unfolds, listen, whether this is the first time you are hearing the story of the arrival of the son of God or you're hearing it for the thousandth time, I hope you will step back and consider the, the weight and the gravity of the details of the story. We find the two key characters whose names are Joseph and Mary. Now, Joseph was a young man, perhaps still a teenager, and most scholars believe that Mary was still a teenager when she was visited by an angel saying, you will give birth to a son and you shall Call his name Jesus. Now, betrothal was kind of like our engagement between a dating couple who are pledged to be married, except it's like our engagement kind of on steroids, okay? And what I mean by that is betrothal was a pledge of commitment to be married that could only be legally broken through a certificate of divorce, so we're talking a very, very serious commitment between Joseph and Mary. And their betrothal was going great, absolutely great, until it wasn't. Because Joseph, you see, uh, he, he was told that Mary was pregnant. And as the, 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 the story told us, it says that, that it was before they came together. Now, now, most of you know what that means, right? I mean, the, the only explanation for Mary being with child before Joseph and Mary came together would be that Mary had been unfaithful to Joseph. And what was he to do? He was a good man. He, he wanted to honor Mary, not put her to shame, and yet he couldn't in good conscience continue on with their betrothal. But then in verse 19, we hear what 
what God does after it says that, that Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But then God intervenes in verse 20. It says this, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, what we have here are what Christians have believed through the centuries that Jesus, the Son of God, actually arrived through a virgin birth from a woman named Mary. And I don't know about you, but as we read this story, perhaps the most remarkable truth about the virgin birth in Matthew's account is just how unremarkable it reads. It reads as a matter of fact. This is what God did. God brought about the conception of the Son of God by miraculous means as the Holy Spirit touches Mary's womb and brings forth a child. And then in verse 21, we get to the heart of the story where the angel tells Joseph that, yes, Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The same message delivered to Joseph in a dream by an angelic messenger is the same message that Gabriel shared with Mary when he appeared to her as captured in Luke chapter 1 where she receives the very same words that Joseph receives, you shall call his name Jesus. His name is Jesus. The angels gave Mary and Joseph the same name, and this name, Jesus, comes from the Hebrew name, Yeshua. And in the first century, it would have been even all the more important for parents to name their child according to their greatest prayers and hopes for them. Now, you might be surprised that in the first century, Yeshua, which is where we get our name Jesus, is translated from different languages over time, but the, the name that Jesus would have gone by and heard was Yeshua. And you might be surprised to learn that there were so many children running around Israel with the name Yeshua. And why was that? Well, number one, one of Israel's greatest leaders, in fact, the leader that led them into the promised land, his name was Joshua or, yes, Yeshua. But not only that, not only was there one of their greatest heroes named, named Yeshua or Joshua, but also the name Yeshua or Jesus means God saves or God rescues. You see, this was the greatest hope of the people of Israel, to be rescued once again from their earthly oppressors, to, that God would set up a forever kingdom full of righteousness, truth, and justice. 
And so the greatest hopes of the people was that God would bring this salvation. And so it's little surprise that many, many children would be named Yeshua or Jesus. But listen, let's step back for a moment. It's one thing to say God saves or God rescues. But it's an altogether different thing to say that God is going to save through this baby. But that's exactly what the angelic messenger tells Joseph. He says that you shall call him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. I want us to consider very two powerful truths that we find in the name of Jesus. These true truths have the power to bring us God's greatest gift, the gift of life both now and forever as we discover who Jesus is and why he came. Because in the name Yeshua, in the name Jesus, we discover the identity of Jesus, who he is, and his mission, what he came to do. What are the two powerful truths I want you to see? Number one, we need to understand that Jesus rescues us from our rejection of God. Jesus rescues us from our rejection of God. Of God. In verse 21, we see why Jesus will be called Jesus because it says, For he will save his people from their sins. Now, now, now listen, most of the time when we think about sin, we think about simply wrong choices or bad things that we do. And, and sin is Certainly not less than that. Sin is definitely not good, okay? Sin is bad, but sin at its essence is choosing anything or valuing anything more than we value God or desire God. And so just with that understanding, as you begin to evaluate your life and not only the bad things that you have done that we feel sorrow for or maybe a measure of guilt over, but as we think about the, the times that we have chosen other things or valued other things more than we valued God, we see that we really, really excel at sin. And, and like a father, listen, um, I, I know about a father who, um, you know, received some delicious, amazing, taste bud electrifying cake pops from one of this man's neighbors this past week. And uh, it just so happens that he hid them in uh, one of the, the cabinets and his children found out that he had eaten five out of the seven cake pops. And the evidence was still on the shelf. They saw the crumbs. They saw the empty jar. And so they came upstairs and they said, Dad, why did you eat all the cake pop balls? Now, I just heard this story secondhand. I don't know. I heard that they were really, really uh, good, you know. But um, the, the, point, the point is that, yes, we all have a Scrooge located deep within our hearts. 
And we all, when we examine the evidence, we find that there is evidence that we cannot cover up when it comes to the Scrooge within us. Yes, forgive me. I am hoping and praying that another neighbor will send at least seven or eight or ten or twenty more cake pot balls so I can share them with my children. Okay, please don't judge me or think less of me this Christmas season, all right? But we all fall short. We see this in countless ways. The dark flower of sin blooms in one million different ways as we reject God's love and God's wisdom. We naturally look out for our own entrance rather than loving the people around us. We all carry the stains of greed, jealousy, and hypocrisy. In fact, every time we value anything more than God, whether it's career or pleasures, relationships or possession, listen, every time we value anything more than God, the evidence continues to pile up that we have rejected God, turned to our own ways, and the grave consequences of our sin and rejection is actually separation from God. This is, this is why we needed rescuing. This is why Jesus came into the world. Because listen, God loves us so much that though we have turned away from him, he refuses to leave us in this place. But he comes and rescues us through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which tells us, listen, that Jesus came not only to rescue us from our rejection of God, but Jesus, number two, came to rescue us for a relationship with God. Jesus came to rescue us into a relationship with God. God. You see, the good news that I have to share with you this Christmas is this. God does not simply tolerate us. God does not simply, you know, uh, just is, is okay because, you know, he's not okay with us just because he doesn't have any other choices, okay? God wants to be in the same room with us. God wants to sit at the same table. He wants to listen to our stories, understand our pain, and celebrate our joys. He actually wants to be with us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And, and I was reminded of God's love in a kind of a strange way this week when I was at a local coffee shop and I saw that they were selling signs that had various Christmases Christmas messages on them. They were in the shape of an ornament, and you could hang these ornaments on your front door, and some were to be expected. They had messages like Merry Christmas or, you know, that song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. You know, there was that one. And, and, then, and then there was also one for you dog lovers, you know. Uh, dogs are where the heart is, you know. And so if you want that sign, you're a dog lover, you could buy that. But then there was one that caught my eye, and it said, not welcome, but welcome-ish. <laughs> so it's like you're, you're kind of welcome in our home. And then it had this parenthetical thought with it. It said, welcome-ish depends on who you are and how long you plan to stay. <laughs> 
And listen, we, we laugh at that because we at times feel that when it comes to having family and friends into the home, right? It's like we, we, we kind of want to spend time with you but not too much time with you. And that's okay until, yes, we realize that that is actually an expression of, of what's going on so often in our souls. You're welcomed here if you look like me. You can stay if you share the same political views. You can stay a really long time if you promise not to hurt me and you take my side. But this is not how God loves us. God loves us with a love that is unconditional. God's love is not conditioned on our past failures, present action, or future performance. The love of Christ is, is unconditional. He knows our story down to every detail, even the dark ones. And he opens his arms anyway. And he says, I want to have a relationship with you. This is the good news of Christmas. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He came and he came to show us a better way of life. I hope that you know the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus provides rest in a culture of constant hurry. The way of Jesus delivers peace in the place of every anxiety. The way of Jesus will right the wrongs of injustice in our world. The way of Jesus delivers a joy that transcends our ever-changing circumstances. But even as we hear that, that Jesus is on this rescue mission to, to rescue us from our rejection of God and rec rescue us into a relationship with God, we should probably be asking the question, okay, how can we get reconnected to God? How is it that I can experience this life that Jesus came to bring me? And what we find in the story of Christmas is that the baby who was born in Bethlehem did not remain a baby. The baby that was born in Bethlehem grew up to be a man who lived a perfect spotless life and died on the cross in our place so that we wouldn't suffer the just consequences of our sin, death and separation from God, but that we could be forgiven through the great love of Jesus Christ. We are saved by his sacrifice. The story of sacrifice reminds me of Sergeant Johanny Rosario who was tragically killed in the bombings at Kabul airport in Afghanistan on August 26th. She, like 12 other U.S. Marines, lost her life seeking to protect the Afghan people who were fleeing for their own safety at the Kabul airport. And the, the words that memorialized her life shortly after her death said this about this true American hero. She says this, Marine Sergeant Johanny Rosario represented the very best of our country has to offer. 
She made the ultimate sacrifice for our country, protecting vulnerable Americans and Afghans trying to get to safety. A selfless and honorable mission. In her courage, in her selflessness, in her service for people to put them above herself, we see the the ultimate price paid as she gives her life for the people she was trying to serve. And we tell her story tonight to honor her memory and her legacy, but we tell her story as a small picture of a much greater reality that we see in the life and the death of Jesus Christ. You see, the baby who was born to die died on a cross and he sacrificed his life on our behalf so that we could experience the life that he wants to give us. And so I I want to ask you tonight, listen, have you received the gift of life that Jesus offers you? It's a gift that is full of of love and joy and peace and hope. 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 says it this way. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And why did he send his one and only son into the world? That we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so once again, I want to ask you, have you received the benefits that come with the rescue mission of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to rescue us from our rejection of God and rescue us into a relationship with God. And so if you have received the gift that Jesus offers us through his rescue mission, listen, I know that Christmas is a season of, hey, there may be things going on and difficulties that you're facing. We certainly know that we don't live in a perfect world. But in spite of everything that is going on around us, we can have peace within us. We can have hope and strength and love that that helps us through another day and not just helps us but extends to other people around us. And so tonight if you know this this gift that God offers us in the life and death and resurrection of his son, then tonight is a night of gratitude for you. But let me say this, if, if you have yet to receive the gift that God offers you through Jesus Christ, My hope and my prayer for you would simply be that you understand that there is a gift that God offers you. And there is a gift that actually has your personal name on it. And it's a gift that God wants you to open now. 
Just like children at Christmas, they're, they're going to see the gifts and they are going to want to know when they can open the gifts. They're not going to want to wait for another second, much less another year or five years or ten years. And this is how so many people treat their relationship with God. I'll just wait. I'll just, I'll just get this sorted out in a few years or, or maybe in, you know, when I turn 30 or 40 or, or 60, then I'll, I'll get things figured out with God. And, and listen, I just want to plead with you. God is offering this gift to you today, right now. And you can receive it just by saying, God, thank you for sending Jesus to be my rescuer. I see that I need him. I see that I have rejected you, but you offer me rescue back into a relationship through what he has done for me in his life and in his death and in his resurrection. And so if that's you tonight, I want to invite you to pray this prayer as I lead us in a time of prayer that would just cry out to God. And you can do this silently right where you are, but just acknowledge your needs. So if everyone would bow your head and close your eyes, we just want to spend time praying to God and just voicing our need for Jesus and what he offers us in his gift of Christmas. And so if that's you tonight, I just want to lead you in a prayer that would simply cry out to God and, and receive the gift of his rescue that would say this, Jesus, I see what you've done for me. I receive the gift you offer me to rescue me from my rejection of you and into a relationship with you. Thank you for being not just God with us. Thank you for being God for us. I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live my life for you. Listen, if, if you just prayed that prayer. We want to celebrate with you. We want, to, we want to know that you've taken this step to receive the gift of Christmas. So if, if you would, before you leave tonight, just fill out this connect card. Let us know. You can, you can say that, that your next step is to receive God's gift of salvation for the first time through Jesus today. We want to know that. If there are any other steps that we can help you with on your spiritual journey, listen, that is why we are here as a church to help you as you learn to follow Jesus.